a discussion of life and theology from First Baptist Church in Portland, Tennessee. This is the First Word Podcast. Welcome to the seventh episode of the First Word Podcast. This is Jacob. This is Michael Bird. And this is David Paul Hayes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good start. We're, We're glad you're tuning in to listen. Uh, to our shenanigans, but but also our heart, um, <laughs> and and scripture, and yeah, the, all things pertaining to the church, life, Bible. All we may that. be confused about who we are, but we're really not confused. Hopefully, with what the Word says, yeah, who we are in Christ. There you go. All right, amen. And so um, we are having an episode today where we are going to discuss spiritual gifts. Like the gift of the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Gifts. Yes, plural. Not G I F. That's GIFs. No. Got it. Okay. Got it. Is it GIFs or is it GIFs? I say GIFs, but. Okay. <laughs> gifts, Debatable. GIFs. Gift peanut butter. GIFs of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of GIFs of doves descending. And, oh, yeah. I but mean, all the time. So we have not started off on on a strong foot, but um, hope you're enjoying this so far. Um, it can only get better from That's here. Right. All right, stay with us. Guys. So we are going to talk about spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I guess the first question we should ask is, what are spiritual gifts? Um, is this something we'll talk about it? We'll find it in scripture, kind of how we get them, how we apply them. But I think we really need to define what spiritual gifts are. And I really want to start with Romans 1, 11 through 12. This is Paul writing to the church in Rome. He says, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. And um, based on the scripture, I, I think we can define spiritual gifts pretty clearly as an expression of faith that aim or the goal is to strengthen someone else's faith or an ability by the Holy Spirit to express our faith effectively for the building of another's faith. Would you guys agree with that? Yes. I mean, for sure. Um, I would say that in its uh, simplest form, but in terms of one-on-one individual, but I think there's a, a grand corporate purpose of uh, building up of, of the church. So people um, so it, it talks about mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Um, but it's also, I mean, there's a lot of scripture that talks about spiritual gifts and, and it gets into we're we're all one body, but, but many members. And so there are differences and different gifts and people are given different ones. And how, how do you think that all works out? Uh, so I think each one of us. And, and, and Mike, you had just mentioned this, and, and I'm going to let you talk a little bit more about this, but you mentioned before we even got on that uh, each one of us has a bend. We're bent to do something. We are gifted in a certain way. We're created with certain desires and wants. You want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, just like we, we all have natural earthly um, gifts or talents. Uh, some of us are inclined to be good at math or numbers. Some of us are, are good musically. Um, I mean, it's, it's a skill that you learn and you develop, but they realize, um, the more they do it, Hey, I'm special in this regard. 
Um, you are special. <laughs> not in either of those, by the way, I'm not. Uh, but some are. And But when a person gets saved, when a person places their faith in Christ Jesus, surrenders their life to him, they now have uh, the supernatural at work within them. They have the Holy Spirit of the living God in them. And um, and based on Ephesians 4-7, uh, Christ apportions to each a measure of of grace, or these are grace gifts we're talking about. These spirit, these are spiritual gift every believer has. The moment they believe in Christ, um, God has gifted them. Now they don't always unwrap that gift. You, m- many believers don't for a very long time, um, but it's there, and it's it's for us to uh, discover, uh, not for for our own elevation, but for the. Um, edification of the church, the building up of them. So uh, that's a that's a great segue because the next question was, what makes our gifts spiritual? Because you talked about we're all gifted with something, mm-hmm. we have a bend towards something mm-hmm. um, from the way we're created. So what makes our gifts spiritual? And, and based off what you just said, it's our connection with Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's the Holy Spirit living with within, uh, us. within us, right? Because yeah. when we come into that relationship with Jesus Christ. We are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, mm-hmm. We asked, is this the gift of the Holy Spirit or gifts of the Holy Spirit that we're going to talk about? Well, we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit yeah. at our salvation. In, indwell yes. with the Holy Spirit. That's yes. right. And from the gifts of the Holy, I mean, the gift of the Holy Spirit added to how we're created, that then makes our gifts spiritual mm-hmm. because we then, instead of it being something that we think identifies ourselves, we actually turn more towards the body to build up the local church for the mm-hmm. glory of God. Mm-hmm. Would you yeah. guys agree with that? Oh, yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, the edification you mentioned a minute ago, Tom Schreiner defines spiritual gifts as gifts of grace granted by the Holy Spirit, which are designed for the edification of the church. And Mark Dever um, really says the really the same thing. He said they're gifts given by the Holy Spirit to his church for the building up of his local church. So, so that would be internally and evangelistically, would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So there are gifts that that function to strengthen one another, but there are also gifts that are in terms of bringing people into the church, into the body. That's right. Yeah. So we've established a definition uh, of what spiritual gifts are. They're gifts of grace granted by the Holy Spirit to us for really the strengthening, the edification, the building up of his local church. And we, we know that these are gifts that are we're, have a bend towards, but when we come into relationship with Jesus Christ, it becomes spiritual because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So can we find this in Scripture? Can we find gifts in Scriptures or definitions of gifts in Scripture? Many places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, where, there's two primary that I, I, I thought of immediately. Uh, you guys were talking about another location um, where it was talking about individuals who contain these gifts in Ephesians. Um, but I think 1 Corinthians 12, um, I put 1 through 11, uh, mainly 7 through 11, or I'm sorry, 4 through 11, um, but also Romans 12, uh, 3 through 8. Um, if you're okay with that, I'd like to read the Romans yeah. section real quick. Definitely. Um, says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Uh, that's kind of what you were talking about, Mike. Yeah. You know, when the dwelling of the Holy Spirit comes to us, we kind of uh, subservient ourselves to the church. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And here's the unity part. For as in one body, we have many members. 
and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ. So we all don't have the same gift. Mm -hmm. So we have different gifts given to us according to the grace given to us. It doesn't say this, but by God, let us use them. And if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, and the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Now, do you guys think that what we find in Scripture is an exhaustive list, or just you think these are merely suggestive? I, I think... I think all scripture is sufficient. I mean, based on Second Timothy three sixteen, all scripture um, is is profitable or useful uh, for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be equipped for every good work. So, I don't think there's extra beside what scripture gives us. Uh, maybe talents, maybe okay. uh, abilities, opportunities, um, opportunities. Yes, because um, there's no way that. Um, I shouldn't, uh, I'm not going to put God in a box. He could do whatever. But I mean, <laughs> listing billions of people's context, I mean, in, in Scripture, we, we, he gives us what we need to know for life and godliness. And so I think, I think what we have is more than sufficient. Yeah, and uh, it's not just this passage. It, uh, this passage lines up with 1 Corinthians 12 and mm-hmm. in many ways. Um, some of that says, uh, it's God who empowers all. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, for to one is given through the Spirit utterance of wisdom, to another knowledge, uh, according to the same Spirit, another faith, mm-hmm. gifts of healing by the same Spirit, works of miracles, prophecy, ability to distinguish between spirits, another various kinds of tongues, another interpretation of tongues. There are some additions there. There's some overlap there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but Scripture isn't silent. And on both of these, these are manifestation of the spirit given to believers for the the common good for the building up um there's overlap there's differences um but god hasn't left us in the dark with anything and so i i agree with mike that um he would he would make clear if there was something else he would he would make it clear for us and, and you guys added another writing from paul um in our in when we were talking about this prior to you mentioned Ephesians 4, mm-hmm. um, uh, 7 through 14, talking about, and, and Pastor, you want to read that? Yeah, so in Ephesians 4, it talks about how God, so we're talking about how we're, believers are gifted with gifts of the Spirit. God also mm-hmm. gifts the church with people. Right. Um, and, and so he says in Ephesians 4, um, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Um, and, and so it's a lot of the same terminology here, but it's in terms of people. And when mm-hmm. you think of gifts of the spirit, um, God gifts people with certain um, the, the spirit gifts people with certain gifts mm-hmm. to be used. And so um, we're. We could get into a topic of some of these gifts. Do they continue on through this? And we're do, gonna, we're gonna do you want to get there right now? We'll, we'll get in there next. Because, okay. Because I really want to piggyback off what you guys are saying because it's this idea. You know, when we are in the world and we have these talents, we feel like that's what identifies us. Mm-hmm. 
But when we become part of the body, when the Holy Spirit dwells in us, it's not about us anymore. Mm-hmm. Remember, you just you, you guys were just talking about this because now the Holy Spirit's indwelling in us, and it becomes more about our um, worship and and posture towards God. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, Mike, you were talking about it in Ephesians four about. Um, how it's done in love. Yeah, really. And um, all of these texts, uh, the the preface for it is love. That's the basis of, of the Romans uh, 12 passage, the 1 Corinthians 12 passage, and this one you just read, Jacob, in Ephesians 4. Um, it gets down into the list, um, like you said, in verse 11. Some are called to be apostles, teachers, evangelists, pastors, um, Verse 7 talks about how Christ is the one who appropriates uh, a certain measure of grace toward believers. But even backing up to verses 1 and 2, it says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Mm. And so that is the uh, foundation for all of these gifts as as designed by God, not to, again, um, elevate each other. Uh, but to benefit others and and point people towards the Lord, build us up in maturity in our faith and, and strengthen each other, as yeah, you, not, you said. Yeah, not to build ourselves up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's given for the strengthening of the local church, mm-hmm. for the, uh, and that's, you're talking about evangelism, that's one way. Now, now let's get to that question, mm-hmm. you know. Um, do you guys think that God still works through the supernatural gifts or the relevatory gifts. Now, when I mentioned the relevatory gifts or the supernatural gifts, because we just read a laundry list of gifts that Paul had provided for us in Corinthians, Romans, and Ephesians. But I'm referring to, to gifts such as tongues, prophecy, healing, you know, the, the relevatory gifts. Um, do you think that God still works through those, uh, through those gifts? And I think the reason why I'm asking, do you guys think, because it really comes down to this debate mm-hmm. um, within the church. Um, Cessationist, continuationist. Those that's are the, correct. Those are the terms. Yeah. That's right. So so what's the crux of the debate between those two? The real crux of the debate, I think, is misunderstood from a lot of, of people. Um, we can't limit God. And so you'll have people say, um, well... Um, I'm a continuationist because God can still do all this. You hear of things in other countries in terms of mission field, um, prophecies, speaking in tongues, different things. But but that's not the real crux of the issue. Um, the crux of the matter is in terms of giftings for people. Okay, so define continuation. It's like if, if you were defining what that meant, what would, how would you say that? God still gifts people with the ability to heal with the ability to speak in tongues with the ability to interpret tongues certain people have that certain gift that would be continuationist okay so from the time in in the new testament where we saw those to today present time those gifts continue on right not what a continuationist not simply that people are able to do them occasionally but that people are gifted with that gift just like they would be faith or discernment or um, you name it, administration or whatever. So now define cessationists. Cessationists, um, people are, ever since the apostles passed on and we have the completed canon of scripture, 
those gifts have ceased to be given to individuals as normative gifts. Okay. So it really then comes down to the sufficiency of scripture, right? Yes. I mean, that's really what we're talking about. Now, do you think that both camps would agree that God continues to, has revealed himself to us through his word? Absolutely. Okay. Um, Do you think that both would say that scripture is sufficient and it's a true test of all revelation? Explain. Do you think they would say we can go back and um, really determine that God said this and use scripture as the foundation for everything that we believe. Yes. Okay. Yes. Do you think they would both agree on the necessity of spiritual gifts as they are given today to build up the church? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I would agree that also. So if we're talking about, it's a com it's a conversation on the sufficiency of scripture. Uh, do you, I think we can kind of break it down this way that cessationists would argue yes, because the scripture can't be sufficient if God has to say these other things, meaning revelatory type gifts, right? Basically, um, uh, if scripture is fully sufficient, then why do I need a dream interpreted, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Or why do I need to speak in tongues or have someone interpret the tongue to hear another word from God? Well, even even miracles. Um, So when you look throughout scripture, there are really three times in history where miracles are normative practices and that's when scripture is being um, revealed mm-hmm. so you got the time of Moses uh, so he he wrote the law you have the prophets mm-hmm. um, and then you have the time of Jesus and the apostles uh, miracles were more normative practice then um, and each time scripture was being revealed mm-hmm. um, we have a, a closed canon of scripture um, we have all that God has revealed to us. Um, now he's coming back again and prophecy may pick back up or I, there, there's that one passage where, um, in the future, uh, what was it? Old man will dream dreams and, oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. young man will see vision. Yeah. Yeah. Is that Malachi? Or Probably way Daniel. We'll look it up. I'm going to Google it now. We don't yeah. even know each other's names. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he's he's coming back, but he's given us everything we need to know about even that, yeah. the, the future. And and so, um, yeah, some of those gifts were, in, in a sense, showing, hey, I am a messenger of God with a message from God. You need to listen to me over and over in Scripture. And so we have all the messages of God. So what are the need of those revelatory gifts then? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, it was Acts 2.17. Way off. (laughs) (laughs) He was quoting Daniel. Somewhere Uh, in the Bible. That's right. (laughs) But I think a continuationist, just to be fair in this this uh, conversation, I think they would argue that the gifts exist because of the sufficiency of scripture, meaning that God did these things. And because scripture says that God did these things, then God still has the ability to continue to do these things. I, I think that would be the argument mm-hmm. that would be provided in that. So here's another part of this. Um, do you guys think this is a, a, a tier one issue? 
No. You know, we're no, talking about hills to die on. We've right. referred to that several no. times. Is this a tier one issue? Not no, this is an issue where you can have, uh, I believe, where you can have both sides. Now, you got outliers. Um, always. Always. You have far ends of the spectrum who will see it as a type one. And then you got to have a talk there because there's d- divisiveness and uh, a lack of, of unity there that is uh, unbiblical. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of regular cessationists and continuationists, this is an issue where we can be in complete cooperation in the gospel and within the church. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. we see that. Yeah. Um, if you look at our elders and staff, um, just in conversations we've had on this, I, I think we have individuals on both sides of, of that uh, topic, but we're all still able to work with each other. Uh, teach with each other, be under submission one mm-hmm. to another. Now, we don't have some, we don't have that I know of someone who says, oh, this person is gifted with the gift of prophecy. Oh, no, no, no. They oh. are a prophet. Right. Now, that is a, there are whole denominations that would say that and Absolutely. they have prophets still yeah. and Absolutely. apostolic succession, et cetera. So but that would be a higher it. tier yeah. issue that would separate. Yeah. I was, yeah. yeah, the cessationist continuationist yeah. type um, debate. I, I think that's what I was referring yeah. to that. And it may be soft yeah. cessation or soft continuationist, you know, those type deals. Um, But I I do believe this is not a battlefield type debate. This is not where you're sitting on one side and you lob and and hurl insults at one another. Um, That's not productive. I think this is more of a Berean spirit, Mm -hmm. you know, where you're working through the scriptures, you're studying the scriptures, understanding the scriptures and understanding how God is building up his church now. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's what we're talking about here. Okay. All right. So we've defined the gifts. We've shown them biblically. We've talked about some controversial even topics when referring to uh, spiritual gifts. So what do you guys think is the best best method for discovering your gift? Do you guys like assessments? I've used them because they're easy to use. I they mean, are. They're a good starting point, I think. Um, one of the best ways, in my opinion, to find your gift um, is to be serving. Oh yeah. Um, I, I think it was Tony Evans that said, God, oh, we're going to get to that. Yeah. God hits a moving target, you know? So if you're, if you're there to sit sour and sit, soak and sour, mm-hmm. you know, bless me. Uh, you know, you have that mentality when you come to church, but you're never serving, you're never yeah. getting involved. You're likely not going to discover what your gift is because it's only in volunteering. It's only in, um, serving that you realize, okay, I'm, not inclined for that for sure. You can rule that one out or, Hey, I'm hitting my niche here in this, you know, and this is God's really using God, God is blessing and others are, others are validating that I belong here in this role or whatever it is. And, um, I mean, that's what Romans 12 gets at. We're all one body, many members, but as it lists these different ones, it says, let each one use them. Yeah. <laughs> let each one use them. Yes. And, and I think that's the biggest thing. And, and going back to assessments, I really, maybe it's my own bend towards this, uh, in my own opinion, but it, it sometimes feels like even with, you have this list of say 30 spiritual gifts on the assessment, and then you answer all these questions, and then you have to grade those questions, and then ultimately you come up with a gift that overshadows the remainder of them, right? Mm-hmm. And you might be scoring 
really high on mercy or compassion or teaching or leadership. And the other ones, there's there's really a score underneath them, but you have a tendency to kind of push those to the side and say, yeah. this is my gift. This is what identifies me. And the problem with that is once we identify ourselves with that, sometimes we as the church don't come from off of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that we don't yeah. use it. We just really emphasize. Don't, we don't use anything else. That's right. Yeah. And and it, we it gets territorial. And it's, I'm the piano player. I play the piano. Or I'm an administrator. I administrate. I, I don't do evangelism. I don't watch kids. <laughs> I don't, I don't serve in the student ministry, you know, because that's not my gift. And and that becomes an issue because really when that becomes the identity that breaks away from our definition that we gave up front, that it's for the edification, the building up, the strengthening of the church. I mean, really, if you have that attitude, the only thing you're strengthening is yourself. Yeah. Um, And that doesn't have the heart of Christ in there. Um, Do you think personality tests like Enneagram, Myers-Briggs help in any of this? I think it helps in interpersonal stuff, but um, yeah. where to understand yourself a lot better. Yeah, where you know. fit in with other people and how to communicate with people, but but yeah. not with spiritual gifts. I, it's not the same. I agree. No, but per- I, personality is is what it is. A personality yeah. test, you yeah. know. But God has wired you a certain way, and it's good to know that. Yeah, but, spiritual gift requires the spirit. The spirit's help. Yeah. The spirit's prompting. The Everybody spirits. has a personality. Yeah. Well, that's debatable. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, even Jan says a lot of the time. She goes, "I need to be filling out your assessment, yeah. and you need to be filling out mine." Because I think there's also a. Uh, I'm not going to call us liars, but we have an, an ability to kind of lie and project ourselves to yes. be so much yeah. different than what we're actually perceived to be or actually in reality we are and that's the thing too about some of these scores you mentioned some one you might score high like a say 89 on one gift and then maybe a close 87 on another gift but based on how you answered the questions you may you know it may be reversed if you took it the second time you know what i'm saying because we project ourselves in such a way sometimes and um and they're so close but we're just oh that's the top one i'm going to stick to that and um not always wise because how where am I best suited in the church at this particular time Mm -hmm. you know where can God best use me or what is the biggest need to build up this church yeah sometimes that's not in the area of your highest gifting Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it's in a it's in a a real need at the time yeah that's where we need you yeah like I can tell you from taking assessments in the past mercy and compassion were pretty low but there are times especially here recently god is really bringing that out because of instances that have happened in the church whether through death or sickness or visitation that mercy and compassion needed to be on the forefront Mm -hmm. Um, and i've had to learn those things god Mm -hmm. is developing those gifts um, in me personally um, that i thought were really low but first baptist needed it right now our people needed it right and we should all i believe we should all grow in every single one of the Gifts. I think so too. And if humility is a precursor for our attitude with our gifts, I think that going to those lower ones we score lower in, that just means we need to work on them. Yeah. We, you know, it takes humility. I'm sure you were humbled when you had to experience some of the, you know, giving mercy to somebody when maybe, you know, I don't know. But, you know, if you think about it, um, I'm thinking out loud right now, but in terms of being spirit filled and spirit led, who who do you think is the person who's the most spirit led, spirit filled, who has lived? At first Baptist? No, 
Where? In history. In history. Jesus. Most spirit yeah, filled. Yeah, Jesus. That's, that's where I'm getting. I'm going to go with but Jesus. I want you to think about That's like felt board answer. If G- <laughs> Jesus. That's right. If you don't know what to say, just say Jesus. That's right. Or Moses. Um, <laughs> and so think about Jesus. He is the most spirit filled, spirit led. Um, and I think he would score 100 on every single one of the spiritual gifts. Oh, yeah. If you think about it. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And so that that I score low in one, it's not like, oh, that's my personality. No, I need to grow in that area. Yeah. yeah, that's a good word. But he would also be volunteering for ministries that we don't sign up to volunteer for. Yeah. You know, if you're talking about scoring 100 in all of these, mm-hmm. he wouldn't be making excuses. Like, I can't go work in the children's ministry because I don't know how to talk to kids, mm-hmm. you know, or I don't relate to students or I don't relate to um, our elderly, our senior citizens, you know, there would be no excuses. It would just be doing that. And I think that's what it comes down to at Mm -hmm. First Baptist. We're trying to develop that culture. It really starts with discipleship. Mm -hmm. It's what poured in um, into the individual spiritually is what comes out of the the individual spiritually. Um, We've been talking to individuals that go to church here and we're interviewing them and and getting them to really talk about, this is where I started. This is what I did when I first came to First Baptist. It may not have been what I wanted to do, but this is what I was asked to do. And don't you know, I mean, it really turned into me doing all these other things, Mm -hmm. you know, just service. You mentioned it, Mike and Jacob, you mentioned it. That get in there and find your niche, find where God is using you, where he needs you. And by doing that, then you start to discover all of these gifts inside yeah. of you, you know, yeah. that start to grow. Yeah. Oftentimes it's not even a self realization either. It's others around you that say, Hey, I really noticed this about you and people speak in. I mean, that's happened to me. And I'm like, man, you really think so? Like I've had, I've had mentors. I've had people say really, um, encouraging things, um, that they saw in me. They believed in me more than I believed in myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so a lot of times it's validated by others, but you don't get that if you're not serving, right. you're, you don't surround yourself in those positions where people would be able to recognize those things about you. And so, um, so many people want a certain gift, like you said earlier, it's like, Oh, I want to be this, but it's also important to understand that God uses his people to validate that. Oftentimes, absolutely. And here we go with another uh, verse in first Corinthians 14, where Paul says, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. But before that, he says, pursue love. So here we, we get this same connection of spiritual gifts and love. So, uh, running a little long, but I wanted to go ahead and give you some sources so that you can go in there and check out other than scripture, the scriptures we've mentioned today. Um, Tom Schreiner has a really easy to read book called Spiritual Gifts, What They Are and Why They Matter. Um, He's a New Testament scholar, uh, did a great job in writing that. And D.A. Carson has a book, um, reads more like a commentary. It's um, called Showing the Spirit, a Theological Exposition of 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. Yeah, well, we want to encourage you, um, use your gifts, um, just pursue every opportunity God places in your path, divine opportunities. Don't shy away. Know that he um, equips you for what he calls you to. And that, that's what this is all about. It's for building up the body and for bringing people into the body. So uh, let each one use them. Thank you for tuning in today as we... Uh, just hit the the tip of the iceberg with spiritual gifts. Um, But God bless. Peace. Over and out.